0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Stanley Cup is in full swing, but that hasn't stopped trade rumors from swirling around the league. Are the Flyers still in on Jones? Is the price too high? Will Chuck Fletcher do anything this summer? Find out on the next episode of the Three Pigeons podcast. Maybe on Hi everyone, I'm your temporary host with the most, Mike Zoissa, and I'm feeling some Seth Jones deja vu.
1: As I as am I, and I'm Matt Arenick, and a second and third for Arvidsson. That's it.
0: Yeah, seems a little low. Um, I'm sure we'll get into later why that may be the case. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we wanted to say sorry to our listeners. Our schedule got a little thrown awry this week due to some unforeseen circumstances. Uh, We had to push off the episode for a few days, and unfortunately that meant that we uh, wouldn't be joined by our fearless leader, Joe Gazarian. fearless leader. Fearless leader. Uh, So... In his, uh, in his stead, Matty Ice and I will, will battle through. And speaking of battling through, Matt, do you want to take your shot at the ad read this week?
1: Yeah, I'll give it a go. So DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in and all the action. My family and friends have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, our favorite, and so much more all week long. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up. Turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code, again, THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Wager paid out, inside credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
0: Very nice, Matt. Very nice. Uh, Well, like we just talked about last week, uh, Seth Jones is apparently well on the Flyers' radar. But a little update to that this week, according to Fridge and according to a couple other NHL insiders on Twitter: Um, The Flyers are not only interested in Seth Jones, but they are actively discussing a deal with the Blue Jackets. So, uh, I mean, look, there's there's a lot of debate around Jones and like the analytical apparent analytical decline over the past couple years. But I mean, depending on the price, and we can touch on the price because there there was an update to that. But I mean, this seems it seems like a slam dunk, big mobile defenseman who can score can lead the rush uh can quarterback a power play i mean i've never watched seth jones and been like yeah this is a disappointing defenseman but i, I don't know what do you think matt
1: yeah i mean i think the the numbers right like you, you can't just completely discount them but at the same mm-hmm. time when you look at what that team has become after all artemi panarin left and and things of that nature hockey as we can see with the canadians in the cup is a team game right yeah like if you're surrounded by the right people there's always going to be those that are overpaid due to playoff performances just due to one good season and the same can be true in, in the reverse right when you're surrounded by nobody by players who actively hate being there and and patrick line not saying he was the reason he was bad but when mm-hmm. you're surrounded by people who don't enjoy the game, he probably wasn't enjoying the game himself. Yeah. And there, there is a little trickle down. Now people can say, well, how come Zach Kerensky didn't struggle in the same way, analytically speaking? And that's a fair point, but not every player's the same, right? Not every person treats and handles adverse situations the same. And like you said, when he initially came over there, he was unbelievable. Yeah. So I... he's entering his prime. You're going to get him in the late 20s through early 30s if, if he signs, which is another point we can bring up that I'll let mm-hmm. you speak to. There's been some miscommunication about that. But, I mean, the whole point, right, is if, if he's paired with Ivan Provorov, it's kind of like for him, he has the opportunity to step in and be that number one bona fide, yeah. and then yeah. also unlock Provy, which is the whole point. So, yeah, or 100 on board.
0: Yeah, I agree. And just two quick things before uh, we touch on, like, the... I don't know what you would call it, like the, the nitty-gritty details of a, of a potential trade and stuff like that. But uh, I, I people bring up Zach Wierenski a lot. I saw that a lot. There was a couple of accounts that were like, you know, why would you trade for the Blue Jackets' second-best defenseman or something like that instead of Zach Wierenski? And it's like, I mean, if people put on blinders because if you go back a few years, Zach Wierenski was the most sheltered defenseman in the league who only played power play got, you know, third, third line matchups, third line minutes. Um, and he was just really sheltered. And then once he started playing with Jones, then it was like, I feel like his career kind of took off. And if I'm wrong, okay, I'll be happy to be pointed to that. But like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it, it would seem bizarre to just suddenly be like, actually Seth Jones is the one that's bad. And Zach Werenski is the one that, or is the only one that's good. So I think that's bizarre. But in terms of like the Flyers potentially getting him. I mean, yeah, a Jones-Provrov pairing, I saw people making jokes about that because they're both two players in decline, apparently. Again, I mean, degree, whatever. I love that. Yeah, but... One uh, year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, Jones and Provrov together sounds like a great pair, uh, but even, like, let's say you have Seth Jones on the team as... Because at this point, I think Seth Jones is a clear number one, whereas Provrov is probably a clear number two, um, I think he has number one potential, but let's say you have Seth Jones on your top pair with, like, a Sanheim or something, and then you can run Ivan Provorov on your second defensive unit. Like, I mean, teams also spread the wealth that way at times, so I could see that being extremely effective and extremely positive for Ivan Provorov's career, not having to play the 25 minutes a night during the regular season. So, and That's I, what that,
1: Tampa does with, like, with, obviously, Hedman's the bona fide number yeah. one, and... You have him usually paired with Jan Ruda, mm-hmm. not because Jan Ruda is not number two defenseman. It's just yeah. like you said, they're spreading the wealth. So, as you mentioned, it, if he can go a whole season, I know he wants to play those minutes. So that's the biggest difficulty, right? Is like he's not going to want to move from paying twenty five a night to dropping down to twenty. But at the same point, the way the te- the team and the coaches coaching staff has to phrase that is that hey, like, you struggled a little bit last year. We're going to let you get back to form. And then in that case, you kind of alternate games in which, depending on who's playing yep. better or if they're even paired together, you just play them both 25 a night, right? Like, yeah. do you have so many options? It doesn't necessarily mean he's a promo- he's demoted and V can no longer become a number one defenseman, right? Like, we saw how good he was last year with a good, like, solidified Defenseman with, with mm-hmm. some experience in his game, and Seth Jones has been playing what since he was eighteen, right? Yeah, so like yeah. he's in the league for almost eight years already. Um, it's just finding the right person to unlock unlock him, and I think vice versa as well. So
0: yeah, I I definitely think it seems like a, a solid potential parent I mean, again, even if they're not played to, or playing together, having Jones on your roster. Is a legitimate number one defenseman, and in the way that the Flyers haven't had a legitimate number one defenseman in years, honestly, uh, at least differently than like relying on Ivan Provorov to be your number one, um, yeah, because he's still young. But yeah, I mean, I think the hangup with the Jones trade, more than anything, is the p- potential ask. I saw that, um, that the, Joel, the Faraby, Faraby <laughs> yeah, Joel Faraby yeah, Joel Farabee and Phil Myers would potentially be like a starting point for package. I mean. I'm fine with the Phil Myers part. I think that you have Cam York who is likely very able to, dr- to jump into the NHL soon. I mean, you know, I don't want to base it off last year because it was a small sample size, obviously. But just in the fact that he's been playing college hockey and he was great on the Phantoms when he joined there. And then, you know, I, I feel like he can make the transition semi-easier. Um, But Joel Faraby, I, I mean... I understand why Columbus might want that, but like the way I see it is, you just had him hit a what twenty plus goal a year, um, and you have him making like you know rookie money, and then you have Travis Konechny sitting there who had worse output last year. Obviously, had better output the year before, but is making what's what's TK making like five point? five and a half? Yeah, I mean, five and a that's
1: half. a and that's a good number too, and and. I, th- I think we're getting to the same point here is that, like, they there is leverage because a lot of teams are going to want Jones, right? But yeah, at yeah. the same point where they don't necessarily have the same kind of leverage is he wants out. It's not like they're just, like, wanting to trade him because if he goes into... Is he Is he a UFA when he hits next year? Uh, yeah, I think so. He is, right? So, like, they have to get rid of him. And because of where they are as a team, I think like a lot of that can be filled with picks, which the Flyers mm-hmm. can hand out like candy. Yeah, but I agree. There's just, there's just no way, and I know it, it takes good players to get good players. I get that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if, I-
1: if it comes between Konechny and, and and Joel Farabee, it's tough, but I, I, I think I agree that you have to trade Konechny, and because yeah. of that great deal, you almost have to, like, just because he has a slightly down year in Konechny, that's a a player who can consistently give you close to sixty a year at five and a half million for the next five mm-hmm. years, like that's yeah, a for, unbelievable. It's a good
0: deal. bargaining piece. It's a it's a good bargaining piece, right? I mean, if nothing else, you you could you could look at it as selling low on Konechny, but I mean if I told you that Travis Konechny and Phil Myers would get you Seth Jones, I mean I feel I I feel like the value is is probably there, right? Like, and that's not even counting. Like, I mean, I would love for them. We we talked about this last week. Like, I would love for them to expand the deal and bring back, you know, even another player. I mean, if they could bring back Lane, I know there's a whole lot of headache there, but like a guy like that, the Flyers just straight up haven't had that tool in a long yep. time. Um, and that's a new a new attitude, a new swagger to the team. Lane's known as a boastful guy. I don't know. Flyers don't really have that necessarily, um, or even if they can extend it to some of the other good young players on that Columbus team. But I, yeah, I, we we talked about this last week, but with all the the updates to it this week, I figured we should we should touch on it again. I think, yeah, Dougie Hamilton is the guy everybody wants. I would prefer Dougie Hamilton, but um, agreed. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn down. I'm not gonna look at Chuck Fletcher being. Actively pursuing Seth Jones, pursuing a number one defenseman, and be like, mm, "It's not the one I want," so I'm not like thrilled about it. It's like he's still Seth Jones. Like,
1: yeah, and there's also things that you don't know, right? Like a lot of fans seem to think that there. I mean, I, myself included, I was pretty upset. I was pretty like initially upset that like we were out on him. Like it doesn't make sense to be out on the best available yeah. defenseman yeah. in the market, right now. On the flip side, does Chuck Fletcher probably have better inside information than every single person who tweets about mm-hmm. it on Twitter? Most likely. like He might know that, hey, like they're really just doing this for um, a- expansion draft purposes, right? Like, yeah. They're going to yeah. protect three people. Like They're going to run the risk that Dougie, given all the success they've had, is probably not going to want to go to Seattle regardless of how much money they offer him. And yeah, he just signs back right after. I mean, that's a very plausible reason. If I have all the success that I've had on that team, and it seems like he likes being there, and it's not a big mm-hmm. market, then he. I mean, if you think about it, like Philly's the last place on God's green earth. Someone who doesn't like big yeah. market teams is going to want to go. Whether yeah, you can admit that or not.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not even like, you know, Toronto it's that team is is loaded you get a chance to play in toronto big market you deal with the fact that you have to deal with toronto media every day like for philly right now like we're not even sure if this team will they be contenders next year if they make some big moves potentially we we see how fast things turn around in the nhl but like at this point as they stand on paper right now you can't say that because they were i mean well to be fair they had one point less than the western conference representative in the stanley cup but that's (laughs) a it's a different story, but yeah, I mean, i the the one thing I know that Chuck Fletcher people like he should have been more active last year and trying to turn the team around. Um, but the one thing he's shown is that he's not afraid to if he sees a player he wants or an asset he wants, he go he he will just go out and trade the assets for it, right? Like he his literally Brown. his first summer, Braun, Niskanen, Hayes, he traded for Hayes's rights. Instead of letting him get the free agency. So, I mean, apparently Dougie Hamilton said that he's going to, he's not going to ask for his rights to be traded or whatever, but he's he's going to continue fielding offers from Carolina up until, you know, the 11th hour or whatever. So, I mean, if you're Chuck Fletcher, you got a chance to make a deal for Seth Jones at the draft. Why wait for Dougie Hamilton to maybe go to free agency on July, or not even July 1st, whatever day we're looking at for free agency
1: yeah maybe they're also waiting for the canadians to to offer sheet them eight a year and think they're gonna <laughs> tag them
0: away from yeah right uh well i mean on that note in terms of like uh, being disappointed at chuck fletcher uh there was a trade today in the middle of the stanley cup uh the predators traded victor arvidson to the los angeles kings for a second and a third round pick uh pretty like low
1: or extra, I'm not sure. You know? I'm
0: not sure, actually. I, I mean, up. I would trade picks in this year's draft any day of the week for, for a player like Arvidsson. But, um, I mean, on its face, a steal of a trade for the Kings. I don't really know what that team's going for, to be honest. I don't think that they're that good. And I I, I guess they're trying to retool on the fly because they have, like, Byfield coming up and they want to try to squeeze out a few more years of contention with Dowdy and Kobitar. So I get that, but... Um, yes. Yeah,
1: they're like an in between stage. So it looks like it's a second yeah. this year, which is if, if it's their second, is obviously a very low pick. Like it's pretty yeah. much like a late first rounder. Um yeah. and then a third next year. But but yeah, I agree. I mean the one the one complaint I saw people talk about from like Predators fans, it's not necessarily a complaint, it's just kind of like why they might be okay trading him for that. Mm-hmm. Is that and you can get into the the um Expansion draft portion of it, but he's been hurt. Yeah. He's been struggled. He's struggled to stay healthy over the la- last couple of years. So I think that's what mm-hmm. it came down to because he had a very good season last year, like, not this yeah, year, here, but here. Uh, the, yeah. the previous. He had what like thirty some plus.
0: Well, a- analytically, he was one of the predators' better forwards this season, even though he was you know not exactly healthy and he wasn't scoring. Um, he had yeah, thirty four
1: go goals. Man. No, he had, had thirty four goals the year prior. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I. I think that, you know, there's two ways to look at this. Like, one, I totally get how and why Flyers fans would be kind of like, you know, what's going on here? Why did we just trade, or why why didn't we trade this guy who we were already linked to in the season we could have just gotten him for a second and a third? And one is cap space, obviously. Arvidsson carries what, like, almost a $6 million cap hit, I think?
1: Is he that much? Let me take a look.
0: I think I and think so he has I like guess. a surprisingly ha- hefty cap hit.
1: I don't know why I was thinking he had a decent. It
0: might be like three seven five at the lowest, to be honest. But uh, anyway, that's that's one part of it. Chime in whenever you get the the answer. Seven years, um, thirty million. So what does that come yeah, to? Yeah, like four ish, a little under. I think I think four, right? 30 divided by because 28 uh, would yeah. be yeah four and four so and a little eight. over four yeah so big math guy not not a bad deal but uh flyers can't they just straight up can't afford that right now unless they were to send money back um and then two the big thing is it it really looks like nashville just did this to make sure that they didn't lose him in the expansion draft like because they knew they were going to i guess like it seems like they're gonna go four and four so flip forsberg yarn Kroc, Maybe Granland and then Johansson, I guess, would be the four that they're protecting. If that is if, if Luke Cunning and uh Er, I guess Matt Duchesne they could protect too. So they have a few forwards ahead of Arvidsson probably, at least internally, that they would want to protect. And then in terms of defense, I mean they gotta protect Yossi They pretty much have to protect their top four. Like they're Dallas not gonna
1: Stackholm, who's the fourth? Yeah. Uh
0: that rookie, their, not the, rookie the younger guy. Yeah. Uh Dante Fabro. Fabro, yeah. If, yeah, if he's eligible, yeah. So, they don't want to lose any of those guys, obviously. Um, so, this was a way to make it a little easier on themselves, make a trade, get assets back for him right away. And he's a guy that, like you said, I mean, he, he struggled, like, not super heavily last year. He picked it up when the team started winning, but, like, he wasn't giving the production that, I guess, they were kind of hoping for him moving forward, so... I get it, uh, but yeah, definitely people say, I guess it puts more pressure on Fletcher. I, I guess it does if he doesn't do anything, right? Like, if he yeah. walks away from this offseason and just says, like, well, you know, we were happy with the group, then that's... Or
1: nothing then. made sense, right? Like, if yes, you go with yeah. that line, that that's the issue. I mean, and like you said, I, I, can't, I just really can't imagine from his boss to the perception of the team... Yep. an off season in which you don't pull the trigger like that's not even an option like if he were to do that and say you know like we like as much as this goes against everything we believe in like this you look at the deals that the wild made right like everyone yeah, in the yeah. wild in the offseason obviously a big portion of that's Kaprizov but like none of them in theory made too much sense or you could say like they overpaid or but you're just looking for a different dynamic, and that's been the theme yeah. of this offseason that we're talking about, is whether you have to slightly overpay the same way you did for Braun to bring in someone who you want, especially when it comes to picks. Like, no Flyers fan should care about trading picks. Like, we don't have enough spaces yeah, yeah, to absolutely. sign these players at this point. Um, so I'd be shocked if you didn't do anything. But obviously there's a lot more to consider when it comes to trading for a player like Arvidsson right now yeah. when it comes to the expansion draft.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's the thing, too. The Flyers are going to trade for Arvidsson a, a couple weeks before the expansion draft and then lose him right away. Like, they're not going to burn a spot on Victor Arvidsson to protect. In the same way that the Predators just decided not to. Like, that's yeah. the thing. The, the Kings don't have enough players to protect is part of this deal, I'm assuming. So, I like, I again, I, I get this overall. And one thing on the Fletcher, like, he he can't come out of this offseason not doing anything because you run the risk next year of losing Claude Drew and Sean Couturier then. Like, I, I I can't believe I would ever say that, but, like, I...
1: Sean Couturier being probably the most
0: likely, I think, based on yeah, Claude's yeah. comments,
1: unless it was, like, a terrible season, right? And, like, mm-hmm. he didn't like the coach. That's really the only way I can see that. Yeah. But, yeah, that he, he... the biggest issue is, like, you don't like to go into it, like, I, I completely forgot about that in in real time. That we're entering this season without new deals for both of them.
0: Exactly, and that's the thing. Like you, I, I can't I can't honestly sit here and be like I think there is a likely scenario where Sean Couturier wants to leave the Flyers, but I also don't think it's an improbability, right? Like he still has the, the rest of his prime, the rest of his career to play and he's a selkie winner he's put up multiple 70 point seasons he's a point per game player like he he really is turning into you know the player that we all hoped he was going to be or i guess he has turned into that player for a few years now and he's just going to kick around on a team with a general manager who refuses to or not even refuses to but just walks away from trades or walks away from moves i so i again this is one of the things like you don't I don't think any of that's likely. But like you just said, Matt, you don't even want to get into that scenario. You don't no. want to get to that's you know.
1: that's worst case scenario for the franchise and exactly. for Chuck Fletcher is you yeah. you don't do enough and you start the season the same way we finished the season and we're struggling and cuz at that point, like you said, like then what do you do? Like you're probably it's not as likely that you're going to sign couturier during the season, he's going to want to wait it out and kind of see maybe what the market may have mm-hmm. to offer. um drew if, if couturier walks, he's going to be like, he's going to be like, okay, there goes our number one center. We just had another terrible year. Like the general manager doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. We're going to get a new general manager, and I got to, to wait again. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd ever leave because he's made the comments. He wants to end his career in Philly, mm-hmm. but like there is an avenue in which it's possible
0: yeah they they the flyers can't force his hand by doing nothing and then creating again by creating the scenario in which it it becomes a a possibility you can't you can't let it get to that point um but the ability to uh,
1: keep couturier is strongly dependent on what drew wants money wise and he's exactly like he definitely comes off as the person who'd be willing to take a hometown discount considering all the money he's made in his career Mm-hmm. if he knew that the team he was surrounded with and the, the management and the coaching staff were competent enough to yeah. provide him with an opportunity to win on the latter part of his career. So, I mean, that's that's a huge thing for Chuck to be considering. Like, if I'm that general manager and I knew that was on me right now, like, like that's go time. And that's why I think you're hearing that we're, we're seriously considering that the Flyers are, like, working on a deal or in the process with something with Jones is because – I mean, you know you, what the weaknesses are.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be the general manager that loses not one but two franchise players through free yes. agency in one offseason. I mean, You never <laughs> get a job again. You, yeah, you, you. There's there's no recovery from that. At least like when Paul Holmgren traded the two cornerstones, it was to to completely reshape the team to you know, but provide that yeah. different dynamic. Exactly. E- exactly. Yeah. So moving on though from uh, Flyers pessimism and all that uh stanley cup is now two games uh two games in the third game will be played tomorrow night uh and then they'll be taking like a two-day hiatus because the nhl didn't want to compete with any weekend sports programming which is just uh, I, didn't I mean I know that that's, yeah that's awesome. gut, gutless move by nbc absolutely gutless move by nbc um just shocking but anyway uh what do you think so far? I mean, Tampa, games have been I mean, good.
1: Yeah, the first game just showed that, like, Tampa has a different level yep. that the Islanders, or the no, Islanders, geez, the, uh, the Canadians can't get to. But then the mm-hmm. very second game kind of shows why they've made it this far, right? It's like yep. any type of adversity, the very next game, they're usually the team that's pretty much dominating. But the, the biggest difference is you have an equal goalie. Yep. on the yep. other end who's able to steal games in the same way that uh carry price has for them it's mm-hmm. the biggest difference is that they're just more skilled tampa is it,
0: and... it's very similar to in that sense Matt, last year uh with the flyers and the and the canadians in the playoffs how the two teams just kept trading like body blows and but they just couldn't land any haymakers really because both goalies were so good i mean price and, and Hart were fantastic in that series um yeah yeah, i mean tampa it's just like an embarrassment of riches i mean i i was working at nhl network i was working sorry uh remotely for nhl network during game two and uh after the game they the broadcast read the stat that vasilevsky has now in the 20 games he's played this playoff has allowed one goal or less 10 times and he's 10 and 0 in those games (laughs) like you half your games in a playoff you can rely on your goalie to let in one goal or less and i know it's a team effort and vasilevsky has been good but he hasn't had to be you know incredible every single game because the lightning are one of the best defensive teams in the league and all that and they score like crazy but like still i mean it, it even if even if it's not vasilevsky on his own players still think about that stuff right like players absolutely you go down to nothing to lightning and all of a sudden it's like shit like we can't even get one past him like how are we gonna ever gonna get two let alone three to win the game so
1: and the goal yeah, they, they scored which i thought was hilarious because of the celebration is oh yeah backhands yeah. it from the blue line <laughs> and like it on the ice goes in right so it's like such a weird goal and yeah and then yeah. suzuki does like i'm a I'm Jesus's like disciple (laughs) celebration, looking up at the sky as if he just went bar down backhand from like the slot or something wild. So I I thought that was funny, but yeah, he's just, he is so good. And I mean, as much as I like Josh Anderson as a player and he's had some big goals to them recently, like that. This kind of just kind of shows that they're still running into the same issues they had yep. previously it's just they don't have the goal scoring i mean tyler to obviously had an unbelievable year this year mm-hmm. but i can't remember the last time he i mean definitely not he hasn't scored yet in the in this series and the last couple of games of the last series as well so their goal scorers again are coming up dry and they've really relied on like the cory perry's of the world nick suzuki has been very good for them yeah but yeah. and caulfield obviously
0: um but, but you like, can't you cannot rely on a twenty, two twenty-one 21 year olds to carry yeah. your your team through a playoff or through a final round at least i mean that's just not realistic like you can't
1: pay someone seven plus million dollars a year and josh anderson and then he goes yep. 15 games during the throughout the playoffs without a goal like
0: is that true i didn't i didn't even know that
1: before he scored the two in the in the in the last game that i think won them this series oh, okay, okay he hadn't scored in like 15 straight
0: yeah that's crazy i mean it, again like the Canadians, like you said matt they're like they're a resilient team they haven't lost this is the first time they've lost back-to-back games this playoff since they lost three straight to toronto uh in in round one which is yeah it's nuts so i have a hard time i don't have a hard time believing they'll go down three nothing i think that it's very possible that they'll win game three um just because it's hard to we saw last year how hard it is to beat any team three games in a row the flyers you know yeah. almost came back from a 3-1 deficit but beating or 3-1 series deficit but beating a team 3 times in a row is is hard for you know no matter what situation you're in so i don't think the Habs are done yet but you you can't watch this series right now and tell me that these two teams are on level playing field and i don't i don't think Vegas or Colorado would have been on level playing field with Tampa either i think that Colorado got exposed a little bit by Vegas and i think that Vegas, I, I don't want to say they got exposed by the Canadians, but it, the Canadians definitely showed that Vegas isn't as deep a team as we thought they were, right? I mean, if you can shut down the guys like Marchisot and, and Smith and everything, beyond that, lines three and four are, I mean, they're nothing crazy.
1: Yeah, my roommates were making fun of me, uh, even through them beating the Avalanche, that like I kept bringing up that they just don't have the center depth, and they don't. like Chandler Stevenson is much better than anyone could have expected in that coming over in that trade and he he impressed me but like when you look down the middle and and that's what was kind of confusing and obviously he's a good track record I'm not like crazy high on Peter DeBoer as some Mm -hmm. other people are like I don't know He, he something about him it was such a weird move for them in the very beginning to make that switch from a team that like your coach had been beating consistently in the playoffs to them bringing him on board because he yeah. couldn't get it done in like two years. But Cody Glass was, I haven't watched them this year, so I can't speak to it. But the fact that he didn't even get a look based on how he's point. looked in previous seasons is kind of crazy. Like yeah, they didn't have a the center point. depth. They were playing Nick Wah, who again, another trade from, I think, Carolina, who's impressed more than probably most would expect. But I mean, they just didn't have the center depth. And you have a first round pick sitting there like
0: i don't know well that's a, they, that's the thing in in the playoffs when like the playoffs are built for those scenarios like you said where you are like wow like they've impressed more than i thought they would like the playoffs are built for that but they're not built for that to be like one of your top two centers when you're top three centers like if you if you're running uh, maybe you know a third line or fourth line guy and they have like a surprisingly good playoff like that's great that's what the playoffs are for for stories like that but you can't run Chandler Stevenson as your number one center and then also be like, "Well, Nick Wa- Nick Waz doing well too." Like, <laughs> ah, I mean, I, I guess, but like,
1: yeah,
0: especially when Toronto success. or especially when Montreal isn't like crazy with center depth either, right? <laughs> like, well,
1: yeah, because I mean, I, they're, and that's a player I've seen people talk about for potential for the Flyers, which I like him as a player a lot, but based on the the apparent deal he turned down, it, Philip Deneau, he oh, yeah. apparently yeah. turned down like a 5 by 5 or deal or something along those lines. And he's a good defensive defenseman, but I think the playoffs are showing you like, I'd... this is not even me looking up his stats. Can't remember the last time he scored a goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he just straight up doesn't score. I mean, he plays defense well. Analytically, 5 on 5. His defensive metrics are pretty good, but at some point, Though you also have to put up goals because it's not like he's not his line's not letting up goals either. They are getting scored on. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I don't I you I just don't think that you can be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender without three, you know, solid centermen. At least one bona fide number one and then two other like, you know, one or you know, two C or three A, three B something like that. You need three at least three really good centermen, and that's why Tampa has like nine on their roster, and they're the best team in the NHL. Like, I, yeah, I and I know. think
1: it just shows you that, like, you can get through maybe all the way potentially to the Stanley Cup, but to mm-hmm. win it all, the chances of you getting through without a bona fide number one are it's just so slim. Yeah, it's just I so mean, incredibly who's incredibly slim?
0: You've got Tyler Johnson. As four C for the Lightning, and then who do you have as four C for the Canadians? Like,
1: who's on that fourth line with like Perry? It's,
0: I think it's Perry, Jake Evans, slash Joel Armia, and I don't even know if Joel Armia is on the fourth line. Yeah, I honestly e- don't. either either way, like we we can't even come up with it. That's partially because we don't watch the Canadians all that often, but also like I I legitimately could not tell you who their fourth line center is right now. Um, yeah. And I think Jake so.
1: Evans is still hurt. So, I mean, yeah, it narrows it down. Like, couldn't even. I haven't watched because watching them is terrible. Watching them, that style of hockey they play. Now, one thing yeah. I do want to bring up because it does tie into the Flyers, which I thought was hilarious to see. Um, the comment from their assistant coach saying that they have four Chris Prongers
0: um, <laughs> oh, okay.
1: on, on the back end <laughs> is wild considering they don't even have a number one defenseman. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because Petrie played at a number one level this year. But yeah. – like, a consistent number one defenseman.
0: Yeah, and also, those four Chris Prongers last night had, like, 15 combined turnovers or something like that. Like, they were they were just giving the puck away last night, so I don't know about that one. But uh, I, I think that this one, this series probably wraps up in five, would be my pick. We haven't been that, the, the three of us haven't had that great of track record calling a series this this playoff, but... I do feel I do feel confident that the Lightning wrap this up relatively soon. So,
1: yeah, um, I mean, you might I don't know, I mean, they very well could steal steal like all four in a row. I I hope for the like just for the celebration purposes like because Montreal still only has the 3500 and like yeah. if they yep. lose, they might burn down their own city apparently. <laughs> um, so at least like get Tampa out of there so they don't have to like stuck in the (laughs) in the building. Yeah, I
0: don't think when was the last time we saw a cup lost in Montreal? I can't remember. Um anyway, any anything else, Matt, before we wrap up? I think we've covered our bases this week.
1: No, I think that that's the current state. Um obviously over the next couple weeks we have things coming in hot and heavy with the the expansion draft, um with the quick turnaround to the actual draft and then right into free agency. So, the once once the Stanley Cup Finals wraps up next week, we'll be going into our thoughts on the expansion and what the Flyers should be doing, and kind of maybe what that that Seattle Kraken roster may look like. So that's going to be interesting yeah. to see for sure. Because if last expansion drafts any any uh, look into the future, then. They're probably going to field a good team, and there's going to be some GMs to do some stupid things. You know, Hopefully it's going to be nuts. Ours.
0: This this GM is building a team for Dave Hackstall. Oh, how, I how many to even mentioned that? I know oh, yeah. how many Dave Hackstall type players do we think we're going to get? I can't oh, wait to talk about that.
1: Someone actually said, "Some posts something super funny. It was like, well, if we wanted to, like, we could pretty much ex- expose Travis Konechny because there's no shot, that
0: <laughs> yeah, he would yeah. ever take him.
1: So, <laughs> so I thought oh, that man. was hilarious." Yeah, that's. I I think they wanted Gerard Gallant because of ha- mm-hmm. how analytically like, yeah, stacked that team they've hired yeah. has been, but I would like... love to know like what the sales pitch was from. Yeah, whether it was like the the brass or even like the analytics team. There's no way that analytics department no, could no. be a part of that decision because no, not even all. even in Toronto the the penalty kill up until the past year yeah and defense was not good and when yeah. he was with us our teams were not good and he made terrible personnel decisions so
0: yeah i was talking to my buddy this will be the last thing i i bring i mentioned but i was talking to my buddy who's a, a pittsburgh penguins fan um and he was basically saying that that he thinks that dave hacksaw is not that bad of a coach he said that He's like I know that you guys don't have a that high of an opinion of him but like I think he's a really good guy at like molding young players and everything like you can't be a college coach without being able to mold, mold young players and and help their development and I was like coaching players in college is different than co- like helping guys become NHLers when they're in in the NHL like he was he was he was a detriment to the young players so uh yeah and as you guys yeah. know
1: I have it on like firsthand account from a friend who lived in Minnesota for a couple yep. of years that um, players that played for Dave Hackstall did not like him and did not think he was a good coach. Probably not a coincidence that as soon as he left, they finally won a championship as well. Um, yep. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I don't know. I It, it sucks because, like, I liked rooting for Vegas when they first came in the league, and I planned on doing the same <laughs> yeah. for like the Kraken. But there's no part of me that like wants to see him do well because, for the sole reason of, I don't feel like reading any articles from Philly writers yep. saying and they gave up was letting yeah, Dave Haxtell. yeah was letting Dave Haxtell go the wrong move, and then like drawing like um, Craig Berube comparisons. Yep, yep. That, that's what I can already see happening in my head, so.
0: Yeah, can't wait for that. Um, well, as the NHL season is finally winding down, uh, the doors will soon open for the Flyers to do, well, something, hopefully. Uh, will they disappoint, or will the Flyers fans finally get that hot Flyers summer they've been begging for? We'll catch you next time, everybody. Have a good one.